Hey everybody, just a quick note before we start the episode. As most of you know, I do the recording for the show and I am not a sound engineer. I am an actor and a comedian and a normal person. And on this episode, we had some technical difficulties, which is a total bummer because we have a great guest uh, that I wanted to make sure you all got to hear. So I did what I could to make the episode sound as close to our normal quality as possible, but there's still some buzzing and weirdness that you won't hear in any other episodes. Uh, But I didn't want you to miss this chance to hear our great guest. So bear with us on this episode. Uh, We will return to our regular sound quality in the future. Thank you for understanding. We're all just normal people trying to figure it out. All right, here's the episode. Just One More with Joanna and Daphne, a fitness and nutrition podcast for normal people who want to be more awesome. If you have trouble deciding between Just One More Cupcake and Just One More Kettlebell Swing, this is the podcast for you. Uh, I am Joanna Shawflam. I'm an actor, a comedian, and a normal person. And I am Daphne Yang. I'm a certified personal trainer, certified nutrition counselor, and the creator of Hit It, New York's ultimate high-intensity interval training workout. And before we get started, remember to talk to your doctor or medical practitioner before starting any workout or nutrition plan. Um, We have a really exciting guest joining us today, and there's going to be a lot of information and that you're going to want to know. And one great way to make sure that you get it is to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We want to hear from you, but we also want to make it easy for you to hear from us. And uh, we'll just appear in your feeds telling you stuff about this week's episode, about future episodes, about cool stuff other people are doing. Uh, so you should follow us. Plus, we want to be influencers, right, Daphne? Mm-hmm. I feel like you're already an influencer. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter or both. Um, on both things, we're at Just One More Pod. So at Just One More Pod. So give us a follow. Um, and if if you're not a private account, we'll follow you back. I feel like it's weird to, as like a brand to like follow back someone whose account is private. Even if I know them personally, I'm like, they don't want to. I say you go for it. I say you do it. <laughs> Daphne's much more aggressive on social media than I am, which is why she's an influencer. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know what you're talking about. As speaking, I flip of people, my hair. <laughs> speaking of people who influence Daphne, we have a very special guest today. Um, special, or Daphne, do you want to introduce our special guest? I would love to introduce our special guest. Um, so this special guest is very near and dear to my heart. And um, your uh, legs. And my legs. <laughs> <laughs> so Dr. Ray Edney is my physical therapist, who I met uh, about three years ago, just over three years ago, uh, in October, when I tore my ACL in 2014. And he treated me, literally got me walking again. Like, got me while I was in a wheelchair. <laughs> and he got me walking again and rehabbed me, and we've been, we've been BFF ever since. <laughs> so, so, Dr. Ray Edney. Yay! Well, Ray, thanks so much for uh, coming to the show. Uh, the first I always ask um, guests on the show is, who are you and what do you do? Daphne already spoiled it a little bit. Right. I'll just, I'll just start, start again, too. Thank you for that awesome introduction, and thanks for having me on your podcast today. My name is Ray Edney. I'm a physical therapist in New York City. I've been a PT for six and a half years. Um, I own an outpatient practice in Chelsea called Edney Physical Therapy, where I treat patients with the whole gamut of injuries, um, and specifically focus on patients with injuries from rock climbing. Oh, Interesting. Huh. Are there a lot of climbers in the New York area? There's a big climbing com- community in the New York area, actually. There's like a lot of different gyms that people climb at. Oh, sure. Indoor. Yeah, Indoor that makes climbing. sense. And then also like around the area, too, upstate New York, there's a lot of outdoor climbing um, places that people go. So it's a, it's a pretty big community. My rather... Uh, I won't say unathletic, but my athletically undistinguished husband was one of the uh, co-presidents of the rock climbing club in our high school, which consisted of a bunch of nerds who got together and we had this like little um, like bouldering wall in our weight room. And uh, so, yeah, on all those college applications, it said co-president of the rock climbing club. But (laughs) neither of us ever did anything where we should have been even close to getting injured. Well, if you want to go, Ray can take you. And he is... 
an amazing coach too when it comes to rock climbing. Nice. I mean, we've done that. And then um, we, we bonded over our, our love of Alex Honnold, who is a free soloist rock climber who climbs crazy mountains and rocks and uh, with no, no safety. I'd just like to say that Just One More Podcast did not promote Climbing with no safety. We, we are all that. about safety. Safety first. <laughs> that but said. it's pretty amazing. Um, so uh, can you, for people, a lot of people have experienced physical therapy, for, but for people who are um, wondering sort of what that world looks like, if someone just comes up to you and is like, you're a physical therapist, what's physical therapy? What would you tell them? So that can kind of be an interesting question. Because Great. <laughs> there are well, physical therapy is is actually a very broad field, mm. and it depends on which type of physical therapist uh, therapist you're asking about. Um, I actually went and looked up a definition of physical therapy just to kind of give you like a real broad sense of what that is, and I can kind of break it down into um, subcategories as to like what like what that means. Great. So I'll just read it. It's a primary care specialty in healthcare that by using kinesiology and biomechanics, manual therapy, exercise therapy, electrotherapy, through the use of evidence-based practice, improve and remediate impairments and promote mobility, function, quality of life through examination, diagnosis, prognosis, assessment, and physical interventions. Well... That pretty much sounds that like hit the nail on the head. (laughs) So basically we're talking about weight, like physical things we can do to the body to help the body work better, either because of an injury or because of other things. Various forms. So manual therapy being one of them, using your hands to help somebody guide them through a specific motion that they're having difficulty exercise in order to strengthen an area that is impaired and needs needs more work. Um, And then generally working on specific movement impairments that patients have and progressing them through that. Um, So in in terms of thinking about like why someone's coming to you, so a lot, if, if you're working a lot with climbers and other athletes like Daphne is an athlete, uh, it sounds like mo- are most patients coming to you because they've had an injury and they're trying to recover? Yes. Uh, gener- so generally pa- patients are coming to me for the main reason is because they're in pain. Sure. Pain is like kind of the number one indicator that like people people come to see me. I, it's, it's more rare for someone to come in and say like, you know, I'm having difficulty getting like my shoulders into full extension overhead. You know, that's... I am though. I mean, if we want to talk about that, I am. But yeah, they come in because of pain. Because of pain. And as a result of pain, you get a number of impairments that happen as a result. So you would have impaired range of motion, impaired strength, impaired balance, or some sort of abnormal movement pattern. Um, pain is the indicator by your body that something's wrong. And um, a lot of people will ignore pain. And as it can kind of progressively gets worse and worse, there's different specific reasons to like why someone will like come come in and see me. Some people wait longer than others, and it really it's really dependent. But I'd say like pain is the biggest category. Sure. Um, so, how did you become a physical therapist? Like, what led you to this career path? Um, Were you athletic as a kid? Yes. Um, I was on track, cross country in uh, high school, just kind of ran year round. Um, also, um, I injured my elbow in high school snowboarding. Mm-hmm. I broke my elbow. And I that's that's kind of the short story, as I can say, like, that's what got me into physical therapy. Um, Did you about, see a physical therapist as, for your broken elbow? Uh, yep. As, uh, after the cast came off, I had to work on getting motion back and um, improving my strength and you know I just remember like having the cast showing up at, at school like that that next week and my track coach just he's like he, he turned he looked at me he's like get out he's like get out of my face <laughs> he's like I don't even want to talk to you right now because it was in the middle of track season 
and you know I really couldn't really even run with like this elbow cast on and, <laughs> and um, so but I rehabbed through it really quickly because I was in high school and you just kind of bounce back from an injury like really quick but it was always like kind of something that's uh, stuck in my head um, as like oh that was like that was kind of cool like you can yeah do this. they like, like fix me <laughs> yeah they like fix me um, I didn't really decide to go into physical therapy until I was in college. I was actually originally going to school for art, fine art. We all have that in common. It's totally true. Well, we didn't go to school for fine art, but okay. Joanna and I went to school for performing arts. We have BFAs. That's a Bachelor of Fine that's Art. That's true. Yeah, we do have BFAs. You just so. don't think it's fine, but it is fine. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so you were in school for fine art. And, you know, it was like wasn't really sure it was like something I really wanted to do and ended up you know I had a um like uh um, an unlikely mentor in school um who kind of helped guide me in like the other in like kind of helped me find like what I really wanted to do he actually was like the former president of the school I went to TCDJ and he um was teaching, um, like, an undergrad, um, just, like, a freshman course, Mm -hmm. um, which... I feel like college presidents or former college presidents love to do that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, get in when they're young and impress Mm -hmm. the, you know, people who are touring and all that stuff. Yeah, I think I I just, um, he wanted, he had me, like, kind of come in and start, like, meeting with them and stuff, too, because I think he saw that, like, maybe I wasn't, like, really interested it was, a, mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a course. It was called like Athens to New York. I remember the course. And it was like, it was just this kind of this, this history course that like looked at how, I don't know, society or whatnot like progressed from... Your description like, might be yeah. uh, helping us understand why maybe this it wasn't was, your destined was, path. The course was like really like kind of a... It was like a nothing I didn't like it I yeah know. but anyway I, I went in and, and you know I met with him and he was like well like really like what do you want to do he's like you know he's the one who kind of kind of helped me like we had like weekly meetings where we would just kind of talk and that's where I started like looking at course catalog and wanting to um health and exercise science like I was like oh that's like kind of an interesting thing because they have a pre-physical therapy program and started taking courses, you know, the, the biggest thing that was, like, the most interesting to me is when I was taking anatomy, like, I really just kind of, like, really, like, took to that, and I was like, oh, this is, like, something that, like, kind of, um, I, I can, like, like, really kind of hone in on and then, um, use it to, um, like, my advantage, and just start, like, I just kind of really, um, kind of fell in love with that. You are not our first guest whose, like, career path was determined by an anatomy course. It's yeah. funny, I, we had a guest who's a nurse, and she said the same thing, that, like, anatomy was when she was like, oh, like, I think I'm really into this. Yeah. It's a magic class, I guess. Yeah. Uh, cool. So, and then did you end up going into a physical therapy program after college? Mm-hmm. So, for physical therapy, so it's a, first of all, you need, like, a four-year degree, and that can be basically anything, um, as long as you take for uh, physical therapy school. Um, so you have to have the basic sciences. Um, you need to take uh, calculus and, um, <laughs> yeah, and some sort of... Uh, um, so one of the things you course. cannot have a degree in is musical theater from NYU because I took no math my entire college experience. And I also, I took science but I took sociology and linguistics which I don't think would have counted I like math and science just didn't take them in college but yeah. uh but yeah like any normal person would take that kind of stuff in school right exactly um so then I, I did health and exercise science and got a degree in that and uh, applied to uh University of Strain um and was there for three years um and it's a three-year uh, graduate program so I got a doctorate in physical therapy and um, graduated in 2010. Awesome. Uh, so, Daphne, how did you meet Ray? So, I busted my knee. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to hear the totally horrifying story of how Daphne broke herself, you can listen to multiple previous yeah, episodes. I feel like we talk about this. I talk about you in so many podcast episodes, right? I feel like starting dating back to 
like injury prevention and injury treatment, like episodes like 45 and 46. We're on episode like 100 and... This is 100 and... 109, I think. 109, yeah. So I've been I've been um, singing you praises for a very long time. So uh, I met Ray because on September 17th of 2014, I tore my ACL playing soccer with a Not the sport you play, I'd like so to highlight. Not a sport I currently play. It was a sport I played, uh, like, aggressively growing up. I started playing soccer when I was eight. Oh, I didn't um, know that. Yeah, I played soccer um, from uh, me being eight years old until I was a sophomore in high school and I was very good and um sorry I (laughs) didn't give you credit (laughs) jeez Joanna no (laughs) just kidding just kidding so uh you know played soccer really aggressively uh thought for a second I wanted to pursue sports professionally but then musical theater went out hence me coming to (laughs) good thing you picked a more practical career I know I picked a much more practical career and good thing I did because Joanna I never would have met you um, so true. I wouldn't have moved to New York, wouldn't have busted my ACL, and wouldn't have met you. So You'd probably be co-hosting very... a musical theater podcast. I'd probably. <laughs> I'd still be singing and dancing. So September 17th, it was a Wednesday night, uh, collided with a guy on the other team, fell, and my leg... And he's never been seen since. He's never so been seen weird. since. Yeah, I think he felt really bad. But um, uh, my knee essentially hyperextended, where I kicked my left leg out, and then I landed really hard on the heel, and it was like my leg bent backwards, uh-huh. if that makes sense. Pretty much severed my ACL, and um, thought my life was over, because as a personal trainer, I identify as someone who is healthy and vibrant and energetic, and who can teach classes, and move and run, and coach, and has functioning yeah, legs. And who has functioning legs and who can go up and down subway stairs. Like, that was that was, that was my first thought that night when I was like, something is really wrong. Um, it, the pain was indescribable. And uh, the next day, I was getting an MRI, found out within pretty much 48 hours. You know, normally MRIs, sometimes they take, like, forever to get back to you. They called, the, the technician called me immediately. It's like on a show like, where they're like, um... You're going to need to see this. Yeah, yeah. They were. They called me, like, ASAP. And they were like, your ACL is completely torn. I was like, ah, excellent. <laughs> like, you know That's what? probably so, what you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so great. Thanks for calling. Thanks so much. So then I saw an orthopedist who told me that I needed to do six weeks of physical therapy leading up to surgery. So they scheduled my surgery for November 6th because they said the injury was still so acute that they, there was no way they could do surgery on it. It was just so... It needed to heal first. And the orthopedist said that I needed to get myself strong leading up to surgery because the better shape your leg or just the better shape you are in leading up to surgery means you will be in better shape afterwards. I think it means you'll have maybe a better recovery um, and maybe it means it'll be you know a more successful surgery. So I was like, oh my gosh, like they can't just operate on it now. Like they can't just do, what do you surgery mean? Yeah. now. Like I have to live with this for six weeks. Um, so the silver lining, I would actually say the six weeks leading up to the surgery were the worst, worse than the recovery. But the silver lining was I met you. <laughs> so I started seeing Ray, um, was just referred to him by my orthopedist and we met at the start of like October like late September October and we did six weeks of physical therapy I was seeing you like two times a week um you were helping to get my left leg keeping it strong because already I couldn't bear any weight on my left leg essentially me getting around the city was me bearing all my weight onto my right leg and limping along on my left toes so my left leg was atrophying completely um so you helped keep my quads strong and like the glutes and the hamstrings and Um, and Ray also did a lot of soft tissue work, which I'm a huge fan of. So just doing lots of like massage therapy and just making it feel better. Um, and then we bonded over our love of Foo Fighters, rock climbing (laughs) and documentaries. So then I had my surgery two weeks after my surgery, I was back in PT with Ray and he helped me with a very long recovery process of essentially learning how to walk again. Uh, when they took the cast off of my leg, my left leg looked like a toothpick. Oh. Like, and my right leg looked like a drumstick. So, <laughs> so that is how that is how I met Ray. Yeah. So Ray, Daphne yeah. shows up. Mm-hmm. I assume she was in a total panic. I don't know <laughs> what was. Uh, 
when someone or when Daphne came in, uh, well, I guess my real question is when someone like Daphne comes in, who's a professional, is that good or kind of bad? (laughs) Because like when I was a waitress and someone else who worked in the industry came in, I was like, this is both awesome and Mm -hmm. terrible because they know too much, but also they like know stuff. So one of my, one of my concerns, like when, when, when someone comes in and like they, they say, you know, they're, they're in health and fitness, especially like someone like, like that who's like very go-getter, like get, get things done. One of my concerns is that she's going to do, my concern is that she's going to do too much. Yeah. So I was, Daphne? I was, no. <laughs> so when she came in for um, like the first six weeks to do um, rehabilitation or it's called Rehabilitation. Sure, because it's leading up to the surgery. Exactly. Um, so that whole process, um, it can it can be a um, really kind of like a touch and go sort of thing. You have to really not overwork the area. You don't want to cause excessive swelling and lose like the range of motion that we're trying to maintain leading up to the surgery. And you know, I would be <laughs> hesitant at first to give her. Homework, I would just kind of just um, kind of give her, you know, just the bare minimum, like just focus on this, or just focus on these these exercises. Don't do anything else. When it starts to flare up, that's when you need to take a break. So the biggest thing was just kind of because I knew she was going to do it. <laughs> I think that I was afraid she was going to do it too much. Sure. Whereas like other some other patients will come in and like I'll be you know a little bit. Kind of, uh, yeah. Like you have to do your homework. You have to do your homework. Homework is like super, super important. And when we say homework, that means like working on exercises outside of your PT sessions, right? Right. Yes. And that's usually, you know, usually a, a um, patient will walk in the door and say, hey, homework, like, be honest. And, you know, so I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did, I did. I'm like, did. <laughs> did you? I, I, can, I can tell <laughs> because you're going to, we're going to see what your your function is in that is that session. I'm always doing like group assessments every single time you come in. Um, so going leading into that, you know, I knew she was um, going to need just some guidance through through that process. Um, my biggest goal was trying to get her to maintain the knee flexion, range of motion and extension, trying to keep that knee into full extension like various exercises and then also keeping that quad working keeping that quad working and making it so when she looked at her legs you didn't have something that's called a quad lag so a quad lag is if you do a straight leg raise if there is not enough strength in your quad straight leg is like lying on your back and you're like straight up off the bed mm-hmm. if the quad is not strong enough to, to maintain the extension what will happen is you'll slightly bend and that will put excess tension on Tendon, and it will be an indicator your quad's not strong enough to lift your leg. Um, you have to have that kind of strength in order to um, have a successful uh, um, ACL repair. Um, so keeping those muscles like super strong, and um, also making sure that. Well, actually, so I guess, like, the, the best indicator to know if you're going to really do well, I think, is, like, previous activity. So, so mm. if you're like, super strong, like, beforehand, if you do all, like, the, the work, like, it's, like, rehabilitation, leading into your surgery, you're going to have better outcomes, as opposed to if you just let it go and you just let everything, everything like, flat, like, tense up and just get super swollen and you just kind of ignore it, then you're going to have a much harder uh, recovery from the other so you're saying ignoring your problems is a bad idea. Is a bad interesting. <laughs> interesting. Like, don't ignore your problems. It's a life lesson. <laughs> like, emotionally, don't ignore your problems. I know. Physically, <laughs> don't ignore your problems. Yeah. And um, then when I did see my, um, and then I saw my ortho, like, the week before the surgery, which was November 6th. I remember these dates, like, they're, like, they're, like it was yesterday. And he was like, yeah, you were totally ready for the surgery. That's, yeah. So it's a testament to you. It's also, like, you must have, um, I know that you felt, even though you did a great job hiding it at the time, Mm -hmm. I know that you felt distraught 
at the injury. And it must have in some ways been um, really helpful to have something you could work on oh, to yeah. like make it better as you led up to the surgery. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that was definitely the silver lining of a very traumatic six-week uh, process leading up to the surgery. I just wanted the surgery done. Yeah. It was like the longest six weeks of my life. Um, and actually for me, even though, I mean, the surgery was painful. Like it was the rehabilitation process, um, just post-surgery, you know, they, they cut into your body. Like I was really the major surgery. The pictures of my knee and you were one of the first people to see the carnage that was <laughs> like my post-surgery knee and it's like Frankenstein. Yeah. And then I had blisters from the wrapping. So I had these blood blisters on my quads, like, which I still have some scars from. It was gross. <laughs> like it was, so in addition to being, being gross, it was just so painful. Like the, the, um, the first five days after, um, and I think I, I waited, I think I was supposed to wait a week and then I started PT mm-hmm. again afterwards. So really Ray, you were probably one of the first people to see me. Um, after the surgery, I had the surgery, didn't see anyone for five days straight and then had a follow-up appointment with the ortho and then was able to start PT. And the, the, that follow-up appointment was maybe five days post-surgery. And even that was brutal. That was like my first time out of the apartment, first time showering in five days, uh, because you can't, because you have the big thing on your leg. Uh, so it was very dirty. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then starting the PT process, um, I mean, it started with just like, range of motion, uh, teaching me how to walk with a cane. Uh, I was in a wheelchair a lot, and um, uh, I think we moved from crutches to ca- crutches to the cane, and then ultimately going to exercises, like more standing exercises, and then I remember in one of our like final sessions a few months later, Ray took me out for my first run. And we ran, like, on the West Side Highway. So it was, like, really from start to finish. It was, like, you saw me in my most, like, vulnerable, bloodied and blistered, <laughs> and, like, Frankenstein me state. Um, and then um, got me back to feeling like myself again. You got me feeling like an athlete again. And that is something that I will never, ever forget. And something, um, you know, I will forever be immensely grateful for you because during this whole process I can't tell you how nice it was for me to have a coach Mm -hmm. and for me to have someone looking out for me because I look out for everyone else's bodies and to have someone looking out for mine and the integrity of my not even just my physical need but just like the integrity of my like well-being at the time what was probably one of the best one of the best experiences well that's something I was going to ask um you Ray is that it seems like uh you know, on the surface, your job is all about the physical, but I would guess that you're dealing with the emotional lives of your clients yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. Because what happens to your body is so emotional. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's like kind of everything. It's like, it's your, it's your vehicle for, you know, your life, basically. And that can, that can really put someone out. And those, those kind of things, like, uh, even just, just uh, motivating someone and coaching somebody through the process of recovery can really be take a lot of um, like mental energy and that will uh, mental strength is what gives you the ability to progress through those physical injuries mm-hmm. like think about you know going through six weeks of prehabilitation your therapy doesn't really start until you get the surgery you start actually from you're going. You're actually coming in, and you're, you're going from you're going from square one. Now that you've had the surgery, now this is where you have to just start healing again. Um, and that whole process can like you know you're starting over again. That can be like so daunting too. So you know you know some of that. So a big part of that is just you know like saying like it's it's okay, and you're gonna get through this because there's all this. Research. There's all of these different things. Like this is happening. This is how like people can progress through the injury. Um, you know, one thing that I always uh, that I always like um, say like to my patients is that treating the injury is like the easy part. Like treating like what um, is you know it's broken. I can you know I can just you know hit like 
two weeks, six weeks, all these marks, like, of like what the milestone should be and like how to strengthen and how to progress. What's more difficult is like trying to treat the person and trying to get them, you know, to, to work through it. So a lot of, you know, like, I know it's like, I know what to do, I know exactly where you should be, but how you get somewhere there is like the process of like treating. Totally. And I even remember on one of our runs, I remember on one of our runs together, I even said to you, I was like, oh my gosh, like that's got to be so tough because I know how exhausting it is for me as a personal trainer when I'm just treating people's pain all the time and, and rehabbing people's injuries and working on their like emotional and it's it's so tiring and I remember so distinctly Ray you were like well I try not to focus on their pain I was like that's an amazing lesson (laughs) I've like really taken that away with me totally (laughs) well I was thinking about like so on the show we always talk about like normal people because uh you know it's all well and good to talk about Daphne's experience but even though Daphne's experience was really dramatic Daphne as a person went into it with a totally different set of like information and experience and all those things most people who end up at a PT are not athletes there or many people aren't athletes they're not even um, used to when they're healthy working on specific parts of their bodies and it can be really foreign to people to have another person uh, you know telling them what's going on with their body and giving them things to do. Um, so I think a lot of people um, have a really hard time in PT if it's their first experience in some ways with exercise or with having a coach because it is really different when, like, so I was in PT for quite a while for my shoulder, and, uh, you know, it's different having someone be like, you have to do this thing, like, this, this is what I'm seeing, like, this is what is going on with your shoulder, like, in order to make it better, you're going to have to do this thing, and you may not have any, um, like, experience that makes you believe it's going to get better, and you basically just have to listen to me and believe that it will if you do these things, and in the meantime, you're like, oh, but it's hard. <laughs> it's hard, and I don't really know if it's going to help, so it feels like nothing will help, so why bother doing anything? Um, which you know, battling that in a way that works is a big part of your job, I would guess. Right, yeah. You, you, have to, you have to keep it simple. And you always have to really always go back to the basics, like, as a clinician. Mm-hmm. Knowing that, okay, um, having a general idea of, like, what milestones need to be hit for your patients to help them progress. And the, the, the biggest thing I would say would be goal setting with your patients. Um, that is something that I'm doing on a like session by session basis. What's the goal for today? What's the goal for the end of this week? And where do you need to be in like three weeks, mm-hmm. right? And when you, when you can start to kind of break it down into to manageable goals, um, that's how I find that I can get get my patients to like really just kind of progress and hit their hit their milestones too. Um, but if you're going in with no goals and you're just kind of, you're just you know it, it can it can be it can be overwhelming. So you just mm-hmm. try to break it down into simple goals and then build and progress from there. I think too. I mean, in my experience, when I first went to my PT, it was also because of pain, and so the only goal I could sort of think about was like, don't be in pain. Um, but the longer that I was there, um, my PT would say to me, like, what can't you do now that you want to be able to do? Like, what are we working towards? And, uh, you know, one of them for me was yoga. You know, I hadn't been able to do yoga for a long time because the, the pressure on my shoulder was too much. And, uh, once I could think about like that and being able to do push-ups, once I had those things in mind, instead of just, I'm in pain and I don't want to be in pain anymore, it was easier to think about progress and to see, like, oh, yeah, of course doing this exercise is going to help me eventually, you know, be able to do push-ups again or be able to do yoga again. Um, so, yeah, having goals that are in some way, like, at least partially from the patient side makes a lot of sense that that would be a big motivator for just about anybody. Um, so 
at the beginning when we were talking about like what a physical therapist is, you said that it's really broad. Yeah. Um, if someone is going to or is looking at going to a physical therapist, um, what are some of the differences you might see between different kinds of practices and what's going to be the same among physical therapists? Okay. So there's a lot of different types of physical therapy. You can go to an acute care physical therapist. You will see, a, that's a physical therapist that you'll see in the hospital. That's somebody that will come and get you, help you um, get out of bed and walk and make sure you're mobile enough and strong enough so you can either go home or if you need to go to like a rehab facility. So this is someone that will come in for like maybe a hip replacement, a knee replacement, um, even if like you're, you're sick in the hospital and like you're, you're just like severely deconditioned, you would have to work with, with a PT just to, to keep yourself mobile and strong. Um, there's a rehabilitation specialist. Hey, um, these are therapists that work with people who have like severe like injuries, spinal cord injury, traumatic brain injury, stroke, somebody that is progressing um, from also like uh, again a knee replacement or a hip replacement trying to progress to go home. There's therapists in skilled nursing facilities and nursing homes. Um, there's also a difference between a geriatrics physical therapist versus a pediatric physical therapist versus somebody that treats um, healthy adults. Um, my practice is is uh, outpatient orthopedic, so I'm treating I'm treating like adults that are you know have you know, injuries that are not so debilitating that they can't like, get to my practice. Right. So, so like ACL, ACL injuries, um, shoulder injuries, um, ligament sprains, and, uh, uh, muscle and, and muscle strains. Um, those those kind of things are um, what you're what you're kind of working on and uh, kind of trying to get patients back into um, like function. Um, so one thing that that makes me think about is that like if you're what kind of PT you might be looking for is really based on what's going on with you what your age is what your situation is in a way that I think a lot of people don't think about that much right that there might be someone who's really suited to treating them and there might be another PT who's like a really good PT but like you know isn't an expert in geriatric PT or like is really just about like making sure you can get out of your bed in the hospital. That same person isn't going to be treating you eight weeks later when you're, you know, right. further so into your recovery. I guess it's better to think of like specialties mm-hmm. um, and what like what what your what your specialty is um, in, within that field. Um, there is an orthopedic clinical specialist. Um, that's actually I'm gonna I'm gonna be taking the um, exam for that. Hmm. It's coming. Um, March, I want to actually um, get my specialty exam with that. Um, you, um, so it's based on credentials. And um, yeah, not every PT is cut from the same uh, cloth. Cloth. <laughs> cloth. <laughs> totally. Yeah, and I think probably like, um, you know, finding someone who is really familiar and comfortable working with whatever it is you're seeing a PT for is really important. Like when I was looking for a PT, I specifically looked for someone who had gymnastics or dance experience because even though that wasn't the cause of my injury, it is the thing in my life that has had the most to do with how my body is put together. And so I wanted to see someone who would understand like language that I understood and also like you know, my joints are hypermobile. So like, what is that going to mean about what I do in PT? Um, but like, you know, for my mom, that might not be the best person. There might be someone who is better suited to like her specific needs. Um, so yeah. And, And also personality matching is important. Like obviously the two of you really get along and because so much of recovery from injury is emotional. Um, I think that makes a big difference. Like I really liked my PT. Shout out, Natalia. Hi. Um, also, like, we got along as people. And that doesn't mean that everyone needs to be best friends with their PT. But if you actively don't like your therapist, or if your therapist act- actively doesn't like you, like, it's probably not going to be a great relationship. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not going to want to go. 
but that's that's a good point though. It's it's finding a therapist that um, actually like specializes like in your type of activity um, mm-hmm. within that like different kind of kind of niche. So like a like a like a dance physical therapist versus someone that treats you know patients like that do um, like sports or mm-hmm. rock climbing or something that um, has like a kind of a, a more like kind of hones in on exactly what. Um, that piece of schools are. Mm-hmm. It's super important. Totally. Um, when you're thinking about what you do, do you have thoughts about sort of like where you place yourself in the world of like medicine, wellness, fitness? Like PT is one of those places where I feel like it all really like comes to a, a point. Like it all sort of comes together because obviously you have an advanced degree um, you're the doctor. You're, yeah. You, <laughs> there's that DR in front of your name. Yeah. But on the other hand, uh, it's um, it's not like prescribing someone drugs, right? Even though a lot of people do get prescribed physical therapy. And we so, always joke, too, um, Ray, Dr. Laura, our chiropractor, <laughs> and Sarah, our acupuncturist, the four of us, I mean, we've gone to, like, countless dinners together where the four of us essentially plan on how we're going to take over the world. <laughs> and we will be like, yeah, we're going to open up a membership-based facility, and Ray's going to head up the PT, I'm going to take care of, like, the exercise and the training, and Dr. Laura will treat everyone with chiropractic care, and Sarah will do acupuncture on everyone, and it's like the one-stop shop. It'll be like And I'll best. run the podcast, exactly. guys. <laughs> Joanna can take care of the podcast of this unnamed, um, we've just called ourselves the dream team. Love it. <laughs> the four of us. Wait, so. are you giving away your business plan right now? Because I know, <laughs> I know, oh no. So I better trademark that, like, pronto. But, um, but then if you think about it, it's like, you know, with acupuncture and chiropractic care, that's very wellness-based. Personal training is definitely very wellness-based. And the physical therapy, you're right, it does fall in, like, a very medical world, which I think adds to the, like, the, I don't know, like, how awesome it is, or just <laughs> to, like, the professionalism mm-hmm. of it. Um, but then at the same time, it all goes hand in hand, because I can tell you how many people I've referred to all three of you guys, you, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Laura, and Sarah. So yeah, yeah. Physical therapy like kind of kind of falls like smack dab in the middle of medical and wellness. It's for a number of years, actually, like at least twenty years, twenty years ago, you couldn't go to a physical therapist without a doctor's prescription. It's always been part of like the medical medical world. That has its pros and it also has its cons. Um, whereas um, it was, you would get like a protocol written to you from the orthopedic surgeon saying, do these exercises, progress this patient, and, and uh, go go from there. That kind of goes like way back to the beginning of where PT started, and it started as a, a profession. Um, it was called the um, American Women's Physical Therapeutic Association, and it was started in the hospitals. Women were employed by orthopedic surgeons. Who I'm sure were all men. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There was, you know, it was a period of 1920s. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and yeah. So it was, and that's it was that's how it it, it started. Um, it start also, and then after um, World War Two. Polio epidemic in the 1940s and 50s. That's when physical therapy became a profession that was like so neat. Um, and it was always had this relationship with the orthopedic surgeon, and you kind of went from there. Within like the past 20 years or so, that's changed, and uh, physical therapists are becoming more autonomous. The biggest push coming from um, our uh, focus on evidence-based practice, and like what we do is is all evidence-based. So what I mean by that is it needs to be backed by research, and it needs to have like specific like scientific backing in order to kind of uh, focus on like what you're doing. Um, so things that have like come come out of that is the, the doctorate degree, 
that's and the doctorate degree has allowed us to push for us meaning physical therapists as like a team to like kind of push for to push for uh, direct access to patients. So I don't if if you're not aware, you can actually go to see a physical therapist in the state of New York without a doctor's prescription and see them for it's ten visits or two months, whichever comes first, of just physical therapy leading up to just whatever injury, or do you have, like, you know, my shoulder bothering me, come and see a PT, um, before you have to actually go to your doctor and get like, a prescription to, like, continue on with visits. Um, so that's the medical aspect, right? Mm-hmm. There's the health and wellness, which is all of the amazing things that you get from doing exercise right if you get to exercise was a pill it'd be like the most uh, <laughs> be like the best um selling pill of all time because it has just so many so many benefits um and doing these things um really you know it, it kind of falls into like the, the fitness realm as well too um getting people healthy and strong um it's going to you know progress their injury and they're going to get out of pain and they're going to be feeling really good and they're just going to Go on continuing their living their lives with you know without any issues. Right. Right. It's interesting going back to what you were saying about um, sort of the evolution of the physical therapist going from essentially someone who was like told what to do by an orthopedist to now having more direct um, relationships with patients and more sort of autonomy in terms of um, like designing their care. Mm-hmm. Um, First of all, I have had both of those experiences within the last 10 years. When I first um, had my shoulder injury, which I developed while waiting tables, um, I went to a very old school style of doctor who referred me to a very old school style of physical therapist where I basically like sat in a dark room by myself with electrodes on me for a while and then was told exercises to do in like the lobby of this office for a while and like no one watched me do them and I like finished and I'd been going like twice a week for like several weeks and I like tried to ask my doctor I was like so like how am I doing like is it getting better and he was basically like I can't tell you like you have to go back to your doctor and I was like wait what then what what am I doing here but then so then basically that sort of like scared me away from PT for a long time and I was like well I'll just deal with it I was like 24 you know, I was like, whatever. Um, but I eventually, several years later, went back, because shock, ignoring my problem hadn't helped, and I went back to a new PT. I did have a referral from my doctor, um, but um, all of a, it was a totally different experience. This, um, you know, she did her own assessment of, like, what was going on. She talked to me about what my care was going to look like. Um, you know, I came in one day... Um, partway through my treatment and like had my ankle wrapped also and she was like "Uh oh what's going on with your ankle and I was like oh like it's we don't have to talk about it I know I'm here to talk about my shoulder and she was like no you're in a physical therapist's office with your ankle wrapped up like we're gonna talk about what's going on Um, and it was just a totally different experience Um, I'm curious if if that sort of desire for autonomy is part of what led you to open your own practice or one of the benefits of having your own practice is like Mm -hmm. having more direct um, or more autonomy and, you know, yeah. direct relationship with your patients. Right. Um, that's actually something that, like, I wanted to do for a long time. Mm-hmm. It was both in my own practice and, and going into and doing that, um, going down that route. Um, one of the, one of the issues, um, and this is kind of, this is, this kind of the issues, like, this is, these are, like, some of the, patients that will walk through my door are patients that have had like a failed bout <laughs> yeah. of physical therapy. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And this is something that you more and more you just kind of hear. Um, it's usually released. It stems from mainly due to um, how insurance reimbursements have like kind of gotten way, way less over time. And for practices that are in network, meaning that they've you know agreed upon rate like with insurance, um, that's less and less, and they'll have to see more patients at once, um, and you get kind of like 
you get facilities that kind of uh, kind of line patients up like in like kind of like a factory process, which is a mistake to be trying to treat somebody like trying to treat a person that has an injury. Everybody has yes, it's very. I'll go back to like what I said before. It's easy to treat the injury, but it's not easy to treat the person. Yeah. If you don't have enough time to sit and really discover like what's going on and like okay, so why are you not progressing? What happened? How is you know? There's a I have to ask so many questions just to kind of figure out. It's like okay, so this is where your 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 key point. This is where you're going wrong. This is what you need to change next time this situation comes up. And that, so with that in mind, um, you know, this, these kind of things, this is what really like kind of led me to start my own practice. Um, and really like the opportunity was there like the whole time, mm-hmm. but just went, it, went into it and just really kind of went, went forward with it. Um, the whole process is like really focusing on and I'm an out-of-network therapist, which means that I do accept insurance, but it's a, um, I'll, I accept it on an out-of-network rate, so you have to have out-of-network benefits. I can talk about this later. <laughs> like, no, I mean, this is a good time to talk time. about it because yeah. it, it matters right. in terms of um, how people figure out what form of care is most or where they're getting the most value Mm -hmm. because I think um, most people in terms of how they think about their medical care especially if they're getting referrals is is this covered by insurance Um, which I totally get like we're not made of money um, and like making this affordable is really important on the other hand one thing that I've learned talking to Daphne and some of the other guests we've had on the show is that you might choose to spend a little bit more money per session and get a lot more value from each session um, right. by was, not going through your insurance. So th- with that in mind, so if you're, if you're getting better quality session, quality of care, like an hour of physical therapy one-on-one with somebody like me or somebody that, that offers like something similar mm-hmm. to, to what, I, what I offer, um, you'll get better treatment over, over time, and you might not have to come in for as many visits during the week. And those kind of things, that in itself with deductibles, um, not deductibles, but um, co-payments, mm-hmm. can add up in itself too. Over time, you may end up spending less, um, but it's, it's, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a process, like trying to just like, figure out like, how, how it's gonna work for you. Um, my biggest thing, like, like the most important thing that, that I that I'm always looking at, that like I think is is most important, is I'm looking at patients' function, their their functional levels. Um, I'm certified in selective functional movement assessments. I'll do a of a movement assessment every session that they come in, and I'm I'm assessing every single time that they come in. It's not just like okay, so let's just keep going forward from what we did last time. It's. I need to know what I'm what I'm treating before I before I move forward. So I'm always you know even if it's just like kind of a quick screen before we before we go through. Okay, let's look at the this previous test that we did last session. Let's look at how we progress from that and what are, what's if there's any change if it's any better or if it's worse if it's worse why is that if it's better okay now we've kind of moved this milestone how do we move forward and with that and it's a conversation more so than just um, okay just you know just mobilize your knee mobilize your shoulder yeah okay you're feeling, you're feeling better good right it's swipe your card on the way out <laughs> right like it's it's more of like discovering um, how you as a patient can help yourself mm-hmm. um because like, I specifically don't, I only see you for so period of time, you know, with yourself the rest of the time, right? All, you know, all day. Um, and really, like, where like, the, I see like, the change usually comes from, it comes from the patient 
doing the work to like fix themselves mm-hmm. and like improve their, their themselves too. So, and that's not something that you can get in ten minutes with a patients like around you know you at the same time. I think you know I yeah. believe like you know a lot of people will kind of have have had similar issues. Mm-hmm. And that's I feel like um, gives physical therapy sort of a bad rap because mm-hmm. people are like I had tried PT and it didn't help. Like, like well, well, giant surprise. <laughs> who, like, who did you see? How did it, like, what did they do? Mm-hmm. Where did they Yeah. Did you well, see what um, I posted on um, Instagram yesterday? I don't know. Influencer? <laughs> what it was it? You <laughs> haven't little, influenced me little yet. little thing that says your health is an investment, not an expense. It's true. Yeah, Except, it's like, true. a lot of people, any money that goes out is an expense. This is very true. And, and yes, I guess anything is an expense. But I get but what you mean, which is that, like, there are returns that you don't exactly. necessarily see in terms exactly. of your wallet. Yeah. So if you do have flexible income um, and you have something that is, you know, causing you pain or getting in the way of your life, like, it's worth it to make an investment, um, you know, to like move forward. Like, you'll just get results so much faster. Mm-hmm. And the, the quality of care. Um, so in terms of prior, prior to me meeting you, Ray, I had been in physical therapy before. What was I? Oh, oh, this was years ago. So this was like before maybe like For your fainting in the shower ago. problem? So not for me fainting in the shower. Um, that was because of my, my neck issues, which I no longer have, um, thanks to Dr. Laura and all my chiropractors. Um, I was actually in PT for a stress fracture, uh, on my foot, oh, yeah, like yeah, way yeah. long ago. I'm talking like 2010-ish mm-hmm. because of those silly Vibram <laughs> shoes. We talked about that oh. in an early episode. Oh my gosh, yeah. those like stupid five-finger shoes that are no longer in existence. There's a class action lawsuit against the Vibram, Vibram, whatever they're called, five-finger shoes um, because you're running barefoot on concrete. I wonder, like, how would you not get a stress fracture? Anywho. Um, I did have a physical therapy experience where I was literally, like, one physical therapist would see me and I think four other people at the exact same time. I did the same exercises every single time. No one ever spoke to me. They would just have me start the exercises, and I was, like, scrunching up towels with my feet. I'm, like, doing random stuff, like little foot rehab exercises that they essentially taught me how to do them once and then kind of let me fly and then they would throw an ice pack on my foot and then I would read a magazine or play on my iPhone for about 25 minutes <laughs> and then I would just swipe my card on my way out and pay my very high copay. Um, uh, it was still very high, which is crazy because yeah. I had, you know, really crappy insurance um, way back way back when, but I felt like I was part of a factory line. It was just a big room with like a bed, a bed, another bed, another bed. It was like 30 beds in one room and just everyone was lying there with ice packs on or doing exercises on their beds with no therapist watching over them. So it was like really surprising for me when I started working with Ray and just like the quality of care um, and just like the amount of time you spend on each patient. And that's also something um, people tell me when they work with you. Uh, Like one one of my hidden instructors, she's also in school for physical therapy or she's in school for physical therapy right now, um, and I know you've, like, helped, like, mentor her, and you, like, treat, like, you know, people that she knows and her family members, and she'll be like, oh, my gosh, like, Ray spends so much time with everyone. I'm like, because he's a great physical therapist. <laughs> so it just kind of tangents back to that whole thing. You know, your health is, it's not, it's not an expense. It's an investment. I mean, I, I know this, it, like, financial whatever aside, there's no price on health, in my opinion. There's no price on health. And I get it. Like, finances are a thing, obviously, for everyone, you know, myself included. But prioritizing your health is health important. Health as well. Because yeah. if you don't have your health, it doesn't matter how many billions of dollars you make. At the end of the night, when you go home and if you're unhappy and in pain and if you're unhappy with your body and if you're in pain because of um, your quality of life or an injury that you're not getting treated, what does a billion dollars matter? So health is wealth, um, and that's why, and so clearly this is all tangenting back to, like, why, like, I support Ray being, like, an out-of-network, you know, practitioner, and I'm like, everyone just go see him, like, don't go to the factory where you're going to be scrunching up a towel with your foot 
for 15 minutes. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you, Daphne, for your rant. So, as as we're like moving towards wrapping up here, if I'm a patient mm-hmm. and I am going to go to a PT, um, I'm gonna look for someone who is like specifically someone who specializes in what I'm going to see them for. I'm going to do my homework when I get assigned homework. Um, what other things um, should patients be thinking about when they go into PT to make the most of that experience? Do you have any tips on like to how to be a good how to be a good patient, or also like how to have a best how to be a how to have the best experience, best okay. PT experience? What do you wish every patient who came in knew? So. I would, I would want them to know what their goal for physical therapy would be. Mm-hmm. What are they, Something what are they that they, they, yeah, mm-hmm. that comes from them, not coming from a doctor. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that if you're, if you're searching for a, for a therapist, somebody to, to help you, so, you know, looking for somebody that does specifically kind of work within your, like, kind of injury realm. Um, Look for a therapist that's like an OCS certified orthopedic mm. orthopedic clinical specialist. You can search for that. Um, there's a, a list for that online. Look for a therapist that um, is also possibly certified in like functional movement assessments. There's another database that you can actually search for that too. Look for different um, therapists that, that do that as well. I would say just I don't know. Do your home, do your homework and just to, to be ready to work. To work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ready to work, basically, because it's work. It takes um, it takes work. It takes mental energy. It takes physical energy, and you um, have to like kind of want to change in order mm-hmm. to like really get better too. You have to be an active so part of your passive recovery. Appro- passive approach to recovery. Mm-hmm. And there's no passive recovery. It's active recovery, mm-hmm. and you need to really focus on that. Totally. Um, if people don't live here and they can't see you, mm-hmm. um, do you have suggestions for how to find good physical therapists? Uh, those couple databases you mentioned. I would search I'll, some uh, of those databases. I'll link to that in their show notes. Mm-hmm. Reading uh, Yelp reviews or testimonials. Um, I mean, I feel like you can you can find so much information online now too. Mm-hmm. It's very you know you just have to maybe just know where where to search. So I would say like look at the like functional movement databases, looking at the OCS uh, database, looking for um, asking your if you're being recommended by an orthopedic surgeon, they usually have a list of physical therapists that they that they recommend that they that they work with. Um, ask your friends, ask you know people that have been in PT before, and get a really good idea of like what kind of experience you're going to get from that therapist and see if it, if it lines up with what you need personally. You need someone that's going to be like super motivating, you need someone that's going to be like, you know, just like give you like what you need in order to progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when I was looking for a PT, I posted on Facebook and I just said like, who has a PT that they really like that takes blank insurance? And yeah. they like, you know, gave me the info. Um, talking, yeah, talking to someone you know and trust about what their experience is, is really helpful I think um, and uh, if people are in New York and they can come see you how do they come how do they find you how do they get in contact with you okay. um, well you can find my website which is edneortho.com e-d-n-i-e-o-r-t-h-o.com um, you can email me at edneortho at gmail.com Call me, 917-336-7393. And, Everyone's um, going to get raised digits. <laughs> right. I think that's the first phone number anyone's given on our podcast. I love it. Phone that's, that's, awesome. that's good. <laughs> so don't that's call me for personal, personal stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like um, texting you now. You can search, search for me on Yelp mm-hmm. um, and you know, read my testimonials and reviews. And, yeah. Um, Great. Uh, are you on any of the social mediums? I Are am, you an influencer I'm like Daphne? I'm, gonna, I'm <laughs> going to be an influencer. I'm going to be on Twitter and uh, Instagram, but they're not up and running currently. 
Website. We'll go website or just call in those digits. Yeah. <laughs> call <in the> digits. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, Ray, thanks so much for coming on the show and yeah, talking you, about um, how you fixed Daphne. Yeah. We're so glad she's fixed. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Sure. Thanks for listening to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne. Our show is hosted by Daphne Yang and me, Joanna Shawflam. We're produced and edited by me. Our theme music is by Hannah vs. The Many, who you can hear at hannahvsthemany.com. We'll be back next week. You can make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to Just One More on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. For show notes and help subscribing, you can go to our website, justonemorepodcast.com. Let us know what you think. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at justonemorepod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash justonemorepodcast, or you can email us at info at justonemorepodcast.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.